0: Welcome back, everybody, to another wonderful edition of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. Here, as always, Bo Finley with my co-host, Brant Walker, dissecting down these playoff games, and we're going to get into a little bit of running back rankings afterwards. But without further ado, let's jump right into these uh, past weekend divisional round games.
1: Definitely, definitely. Let's get
0: into them. We had uh, your first game was uh, the Rams at Green Bay on Saturday. Um, Left a lot to be desired on the Rams side. Um, Green Bay ran all over that defense, passed all over that defense, pretty much did what they wanted with the ball, Absolutely. Um, which was kind of scary to see. Um, granted, Aaron Donald didn't play um, much, 50% of snaps, give or take. Um, and Jalen Ramsey, we didn't get to see that Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams matchup as we all thought we would.
1: No, Green Bay did a great job of getting Adams moved yeah. around so he wasn't manned up on, on Ramsey the Absolutely. entire game. He was moved in, in motion. Moved move to the slot. Uh, yeah, the Rams coach – I'm sorry, the Packers coaching staff did a good job of, of, of keeping yes, that in of, their pocket. of
0: moving Adam, Adams around the, the formation a lot and, and keeping Jalen Ramsey uh, out of the game, so to speak. Um, you definitely saw a lot of frustration out of Jalen Ramsey out of that game if you watched it um, when Adams would get a catch or, or make a play or whatever. There was a lot of frustration from, yeah. from Jalen Ramsey. Um, but nonetheless, Green Bay got it done. Uh, didn't seem to have a lot of issues in that game. It'll be interesting to see if Tampa um, can slow them down. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see for that this weekend. Um, your next game on Saturday evening was the Baltimore Ravens at the Buffalo Bills. Um, another disappointing game from a from a, a watching standpoint. Absolutely. Um, you know, I hate to see Lamar go out there with a concussion late. Um, You know, um, I've heard a lot of people and I've seen a lot of people complaining about, um, it's it's saying it's not fair, that when you get into um, possibly one of the biggest games of your career, some of these guys will never make it back to the playoffs in their career. Right. Um, And the game's determined by weather, not play. Um, As we all know, it was real windy up there. I mean, you got the great Justin Tucker missing kicks. Um, I, I for one, enjoy the weather element of games. I like the snow. I like the mud bowls. I like the rain, monsoons. Um, it, it just makes um, teams adapt and have to try to overcome, which obviously Buffalo was able to do this weekend right. where the ra- uh, Ravens weren't. Uh, but, Walker, what's your take on that? What do you think? Do you, do you enjoy outside games? Do you enjoy the uh, weather? Or do you think that when it comes time for playoffs, it's it's not really fair when a kicker who never misses is missing because the wind's blowing the ball 30 miles an hour to the right or left.
1: Absolutely, prime example. I love the outdoor games. I love the weather effect. We'll take the Packers and the Bills. Both were at home this week. That's they. They earn the right to be home field advantage and get the home field. They play in that weather all throughout the year. They've won the games there. It's their stadium. They get the rights. Now the Saints, on the other hand, they're enclosed in dome. Indy's a dome. So those teams. That's I mean, that's where they play. That's their home. If you earn the right, you get the right. If the weather happens to help you out a little bit, the weather happens to help you out.
0: Do you think there ever will be a time when all games will play be played in domes? I think we're
1: getting to that as these all these new all these teams are rebuilding their stadiums and everything with retractable roofs and everything else. I think we are getting to that, and that's unfortunate because you're going to see places like Lambeau Field some someday will be enclosed. Um, so I mean, and, and um, so I mean that's unfortunate. I think the weather is it. it, it if you win and
0: you get the seed and you get the home field, so be it. That's No, I mean, that's, that's fair. I just wonder, though, from a Buffalo standpoint, um, granted, Josh Allen's been phenomenal on his feet this year, but they really don't have a run game. No. Um, so you almost wonder if even with the, how good uh, Josh Allen's been through the air this year, if they'd almost rather be playing on a dome this time of year too. It wouldn't
1: surprise me if they were, especially with Zach Moss missing the time. Yeah. Now they did add Devontae Freeman, so hopefully they'll find some type of run game next week um they'll they'll need to yeah and now now you say this game was disappointing watching watching standpoint to me i love defense so i actually love this game to watch this game back and forth if i'm not mistaken it was three to three at halftime so it was a great first half i enjoyed it enjoyed watching the second half move on to it was a good defensive battle it's
0: fair to say it's defensive but again we're we're talking about taking six points off the game because of wind not right. because of defenses doing their job
1: you're taking more because I'm pretty sure Tyler bass also I has believe some
0: you might be correct so you're taking you're taking nine points off the scoreboard that would have been there otherwise um, I like I like defensive games myself when teams are stalling at the 50 yard line and they're not even able to line up for a kick field goal or if field goals are blocked or, or special teams play a big part whatever that's fine I'm not so big on Teams driving down the field, getting stopped at the thirty-yard line, and then a, a good kicker, which Tyler Bass and um, Justin Tucker are both better than uh, better than most kickers in the league. Absolutely. And they're and they're missing, you know, chip shots for them um, because of the weather. I mean, again, I get it. it. Plays a big part of it. I'm kind of the same way you are as far as I want to see if Green Bay earns the right to host a game. Uh, I, I went up and watched a game at Lambeau last year in December and. Was not prepared and froze my butt off. <laughs> so I can only imagine what it's like for these guys that go out there and they're and they're too proud to wear you know long sleeves or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure it's chilly and Green Bay earns that right. I get it.
1: But. I will say traveling down to uh, Atlanta two years ago for myself was a beautiful time. Beautiful stadium there with the. Uh, retractable roof we got lucky enough the uh, roof was open that day and then once again you once again you want to take outdoor stadiums i've been up to seattle too and it rained the entire time we were there um we got a little bit of break during the game but that's that's another thing is a weather element that's what seattle is is known for it's it's, it's rainy up there so if seattle gets home field they're used to that and i think that's just an advantage that they get but eventually the, the, eventually i think we're going to see that Everything change and, and start to
0: be enclosed. Sure, that's fair. Um, so let's move right on along. Um, obviously, Buffalo ended up winning 20-3, to three, I believe, was the final 17. score. 17-3 was the final score. Um, uh, your, next game, your first game on Sunday um, was the Cleveland Browns at Kansas City. Now, this one I want to get into a little bit more here. Um, obviously, Kansas City was able to hold them. Uh, 22-17, five point game, a lot closer than most people thought it would be. Granted, I don't know how close it would have been if Mahomes would have been able to finish the game. Um, but Cleveland started out really slow. What what did everybody say Cleveland had to do to to be in this game? They had to establish the run. 18 rushing
1: yards in the first half. Ain't they did do it. not
0: establish the run until the second half. The second half they came out and they looked phenomenal on the
1: ground. Absolutely, they got right back into the game. They
0: kept Mahomes off the field.
1: Unfortunately, they kept him off for the rest of the game, too. Well, which is... that was
0: just an unfortunate fluke thing there. Um, if you watch the play, um, you definitely see a lot of extension that wasn't natural on his neck. Um, you definitely saw him get up and look dazed and confused. Um, but I, I, I... We'll talk about whether or not we think he'll play here in a minute. Absolutely. Um, but um, with Patrick Mahomes going to the sideline and what, 36-year-old Chad Henney? 35-year-old Chad 13 Henney? 13 years in the league and got his first first, first playoff pass. Yeah. 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 For, and he looked good. I yeah. mean, he did. I don't, I don't know how I'd feel about him starting a full game. <laughs> I don't know how i feel uh, about a him Super starting Bowl. a conference championship yeah, with <laughs> yeah, a game. Super Bowl Absolutely. on the line. Um, but Cleveland Cleveland really was in this game late and should have been able to stop him. They had, what, like a third and 16 that Chad Henney ran 15 yards, got stopped short, and then yeah. they – Bit hard on that, um, you know. Kansas City rushed the line and act like they were going to try to draw them off sides. Act like they weren't going to snap. Call a timeout, and then when Cleveland least expected it, they snapped the ball and had a wide open pass for the first down. Tyreek
1: um, Hill just sat down and he yeah, melted. And again. that was that was the game. And mind you, and, and and Kansas City gave them the opportunity. I mean, they they um, uh, the there was a third and. Th- 11, I think it was, or 4th and 11 when Cleveland decided to punt. And then you also had Kansas City who threw the pick in the end zone on a, I'm not sure what happened there. So, I mean, Kansas City gave them the opportunity to play in this game and stay in this game. And they just, I, I, I feel like Cleveland more or less gave this game away than Kansas City winning it. Now, mind you, Kansas City did win. They played a good game too. But I still think that the Browns more or less gave this one away.
0: I think we can both agree, and when we say this, I think moving forward, Cleveland's going to be in the postseason more often than they're not moving forward. I I think, especially with Pittsburgh, it looks like Pittsburgh might finally be hitting that wall where they're going to start slowing down. So it's going to be Cleveland and Baltimore in that division. There might be another year or two of Pittsburgh being relevant. Um, I'm not trying to be a fortune teller here and say that I think Pittsburgh's completely done and washed up. Mike Tomlin's too good of a coach to let that happen. But as far as pieces on the roster, it's Cleveland and it's Baltimore. And Cleveland did enough this year definitely for me to be um, on that bandwagon as far as rooting for them, uh, low-key pulling for them, wishing them well. Uh, I do wish they would have played a little bit better in this game, especially the second half. I think they had a chance.
1: I think Cleveland moving forward, the biggest thing with Cleveland is – I'm sorry to say, but I think you need to rid yourself of OBJ. You have all these decent receivers. You got Richard Higgins, unfortunately, is a free agent, so you'll have to pay him to bring him back because he had a very, very good end of the season. But I think you got to rid yourself of that all-star receiver. Keep the good receiving core that you got with Landry and Peoples-Jones coming on strong and Higgins and uh, Hooper. And, and not, not worry about who? And, and a joku and and not worry about force feeding your star guy. I understand he's a star. He is a good receiver, but he's not. He's. I mean, it's just something that you can't do as a quarterback. You cannot just force feed a guy. And I mean, if OBJ comes to terms with, hey, I'm just, I'm here. I am your star, but I got to fill my role. Then maybe he can stick around. Sure. But if he wants to come out and demand targets. Then I don't think they can hold on to something like that. Their their two headed monster in the backfield is way too good not to be moving forward with that division.
0: Does Patrick Mahomes play?
1: In my mind, I think after seeing the hit and looking at it and reading a little bit about it, I don't think I don't see how he can clear it. That looked real rough. Um, we talked earlier. I believe we saw he had a pinch nerve in his neck also. So I just I don't see how he's going to clear it in time. Well, no more Thursday Friday ish, obviously. I don't see him clearing it, and unfortunately, unfortunate for the Kansas City Chiefs, in my mind, I don't think he does play.
0: So, obviously, I'm, I'm going to go out there, on a, and I'm going to say I think he does play. Um, I think this man will have to be tied down and strapped to a bed for them not to let him on the field. Um, he's going to do everything he can to get himself out there. The coaching staff in Kansas City is going to do everything they can to get him out there. If there's any chance that he can clear it, it's all, all ec- options will be exercised. Um in order to get him out there. But obviously next week's game changes tremendously whether or not he's under center. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's get La- that last Yeah, last, uh, last game of the weekend on paper should have been the best one. Tampa Bay, uh, traveling to New Orleans to play the Saints. Um, looks like, you know, there was the reports from Jay Glazer, uh, that prior to the game, Drew Brees announced that this season was it. Win, lose, or draw, this season was it. Brees hasn't come out and officially said it himself yet. Um, at least not that I've seen it, may, maybe it's out there floating someplace. I just haven't, I've, I've missed it. Um, but you talk about this game. Um, a lot went right for New Orleans early, and then that's kind of where it stopped. You hate to see Drew Brees go out on that. He threw what three interceptions, three or four interceptions. Yeah, yeah. He, had a, he had a little bit of a rough game. You'd hate to, see, hate to see him go out like that. Um, but, um, you know, um, you there was some, some. Uh, bright spots Jameis Winston came out and threw through that the longest touchdown pass of the season for New Orleans to Traquan Smith um, who also caught a touchdown pass from Drew um, and then that that's pretty much really all there is to talk I mean Alvin Kamara had an okay day he had a good game he had a good game out there on the ground he had another
1: 85 yards
0: 105 yards total with his receptions absolutely um, but the focus of this game is all Tampa Bay and um, You know, Tom Brady just seems to look young in the playoffs. Uh, I'm not sure what it is about playoff games and Tom Brady, but they're just made for each other. Um, You know, I saw an interesting stat the other day. There's only five teams in the NFL that have as many playoff, as many or more playoff wins as Tom Brady, um, which is just insane, an insane stat, obviously the greatest of all time to play the game. Um, and definitely out there proving a lot of folks that it wasn't just Bill Belichick making this uh, work.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Brady struggled at the beginning of the game a little bit with that Saints defense, but I think after half he had it figured out. What really surprised me about this game is, is it wasn't the stars from Tampa Bay really taking center stage. Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski combined for three total catches and 27 total yards. So... Yes, you had your Chris Godwin out there with four catches, thirty-four yards. But you had Cameron Bright taking a big lead forward with four for fifty. Leonard Fournette out there catching at five for forty-four. So I mean, it was the younger guys, and I wouldn't say younger. It was the
0: um, less established, right, less established on
1: the guys really going out, and they just built that run game. I mean, a total of thirty carries for a hundred and twenty-five yards total. Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette really put that team on their back and just moved that football. And um, I mean. He, yes, uh, Brady had the two touchdowns, one to Fournette and one to Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans just boxing out that, that's, that corner Brady there. also
0: had the only rushing touchdown for the Buccaneers that, as that well. That he
1: did, that he did. And well, let's not forget, he had five rushes for two yards.
0: True. <laughs> um, but um, so that, that brings us to this weekend's games. Um, should be a very exciting slate. Um, you got the first game of, of Sunday is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to uh, Lambeau where Aaron Rodgers gets to host his first NFC Championship game at Lambeau in his tenure there with the uh, Green Bay Packers. It's going to be cold. Um, shouldn't affect either quarterback much. Tom Brady f- at, in Foxborough is used to the cold weather there. Obviously, he's he's been in a little bit warmer climate this year in Tampa Bay. Um, but nonetheless, it should be a fantastic game to watch. Um two of the better quarterbacks left uh, in the nfc the two old timers um obviously um i had the saints winning in the in the conference championship and our hot shot bet who was who was no longer an option as i did too um so for me i have to pick tampa bay to win even though as a falcons fan an avid falcons fan i dislike tom brady Uh, significantly let's make all the 28 to 3 jokes you got Um, can't stand him and obviously I'm not gonna root for the division rivals but also as a Falcons fan and living in central Illinois where we do, there's a lot of annoying Packer fans around there too. Um, so I, I really wish this game could end in a tie and they just hand the Lombardi trophy to the winner of the AFC game. But it doesn't work that way. I'm taking or they just Tampa- play two weeks in a row. Whatever. Phone, but I'm taking, I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, just so I can hold out hope that I don't have to do a hot shot on air.
1: Um, I, I just – I think – I like the Packers in this game, and I, I really think they're going to come out. Now, as you said, though, the weather shouldn't play too big of uh, a difference – but here's the thing: you got your Leonard Fournette who's been in Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, so he's not used to the cold. Cold. You got uh, Ronald Jones been in Tampa Bay, so that run game may may suffer a little bit just them not being used to it. Green Bay is gonna be. Green Bay's been on fire. I don't know if there's a team there that can outscore them. Um, I understand that earlier this year Tampa Bay put a whooping on them. I believe that might have been up in Green Bay. I'd have to go back and look. But either way, I just I think Green Bay's way too hot. I think they're gonna come through and. I don't want to say they're going to easily handle Tom Brady and knock him out because Brady has looked phenomenal. I think this game is going to go back and forth, back and forth. I think you're going to see a lot less defense of this game than you probably have in a lot of the NFC games
0: this year. I, I tell you what, I'm I'm really excited for this weekend. These are two phenomenal games, and I, for a split second, I was getting ready to say I'm more excited for this one than I am the AFC game. But if Mahomes plays. How can you not be excited to see Mahomes versus Josh Allen?
1: Absolutely. How can you not? We we saw Week Six this year. Actually, what's funny thing is Tampa Bay played Green Bay Week Six, and Week Six Kansas City played Buffalo. Also, so we're reliving Week Six of the NFL season. Um, But yeah, I think I think your NFC game is definitely intriguing. You got your old guys. So what you're going to see in the Super Bowl, regardless of what happens. Young versus old is is what you're going to end Correct. up saying.
0: Correct. Uh, it'd be fantastic to see Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, uh, the the guy that a lot of people consider the GOAT handing off to the next generation, the guy that think everybody think thinks may be the most gifted quarterback to ever come into the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes, um, obviously, um, if we go to the AFC game, um, you got Buffalo traveling to Kansas City. Should be another cold game, but again, Buffalo should be well adapted to to playing in the cold weather. Um, Boy, let's just talk about this game as if Tom Brady's going to play, or uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Then we'll discuss it a little bit afterwards. If 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 Patrick Mahomes plays, and he's and he's healthy, and the pinch of nerves not affecting him, this is going to be an amazing game to watch. Should be very back and forth. Should be a lot of scoreboard lighting up. I mean, you got Tyreek Hill and Josh Allen, two of the guys that are are some of the most vertical threats in in the, in the league. You got John Brown, Cole Beasley. You got Tyreek or. Uh, Travis Kelsey, um, Clyde Edwards, Elair ought to be back for this game. Um, This should be, if I had to pick a game that I'm more excited to watch, more excited to watch, excuse me, I'm definitely more intrigued by the Kansas City-Buffalo game if Patrick Mahomes plays. Um, If Patrick Mahomes plays, I still have Buffalo beating them. Um, I think it'll be a very close game. I think this is one that whoever has the ball late at the last – Last second is who wins. Absolutely.
1: So I went back, checked out these week stats. The Bills are going to win. We better figure out a way to stop CEH. Rushed for 161 yards against them. Um, I like the Bills. I think they're red hot. The defense takes – the thing with the defense is it just seems to take them a, a drive or two to get going. So um, I feel like the Bills have a good a good chance of pulling this one out. Um, Obviously, I would love to see Mahomes play because if the Bills move on, I want to see them move on beating the what is considered to be the next greatest the next greatest quarterback. Uh, it, um, it, it, so. Tyreek
0: Hill last time uh, looks like he may have struggled if Trey White was covering him. That might be another intriguing matchup to see again as well.
1: Yeah, he went three for 20. Uh, DeMarcus Robinson was actually the leading receiver there at five for 69, followed by who, who else but Travis Kelsey. I think this is going to be a very interesting game. I think it is going to be back and forth. What, what I think is going to be the depending the, the pack factor, Defending, the factor of this game is going to be a turnover, which is exactly what it was. If you remember correctly, from week six, Josh Allen threw a pick late in that game, and that's what sealed the deal. And Kansas City drove down, and got another field goal and put it out of reach. So I think that's what it's going to be. is who can commit the least amount of turnovers? Which defense can force that turnover? And this, whoever gets that turnover is whoever gets this game. If Mahomes plays. If Mahomes doesn't play, I'm sorry, I think the bill's blow. Yeah,
0: by. I agree. If Mahomes doesn't play, it changes the complexion of everything. Um, you know, um, I, I imagine it changes the identity of, of Kansas City entirely. I mean, there's not probably any quarterback out there starting that can do some of the things that Patrick Mahomes does with the football.
1: The other thing that worries me with Mahomes is if, if he's got that pinched nerve in his neck, is, 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 how can he react to I everything? agree,
0: yeah, I agree. No,
1: I know you talked about it earlier with me today about how you don't know how his head will – his head movements will go, and it can even throw them no lookers with really not looking at all?
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. it'll It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, I, I think either way, though, I, I'm taking Buffalo here. Um, I, I just think Buffalo's offense is too exciting and too explosive right now. I, again, I understand Kansas City's is as well, uh, but I do give the nod on defense to Buffalo at this point. Absolutely. So as long
1: as they can figure out a way to contain that run, that seems to be and, there.
0: and I need Buffalo to win the Super Bowl to have any snowballs chance at not doing a hot shot then on air. So hot shot. We're gonna we're gonna root for Buffalo here. Um but as much as I got the Chiefs moving
1: on, I'm rooting for Buffalo also because yeah. I mean yeah. I got a brother in law that's a Chiefs fan, I'm sorry yeah you, you can go away since my Seahawks are too yeah <laughs> well
0: my Falcons didn't even have a chance so
1: they got the same amount of postseason wins as my Hawks that's true I'm glad
0: we're at least admitting that together to, <laughs> today you don't, you didn't take it as kindly when I made that joke the other day <laughs> no, no. Um, but let's let's go ahead and dive into these running backs here I'm really excited for this um the running that we're gonna we're gonna go really in depth we did the top 10 quarterbacks last week we played around with it a little bit um, I, I really want to go into these running backs heavy like top 25 top 30 somewhere we'll talk about Um I'll just go through real quick and name them all off. Um, so these,
1: once again, these are from our league. Uh, we do a little PPR. Bit, yeah, it is PPR, but we give uh, one point for every seven and a half it, yards rushing. So these will fluctuate it's, it's a little. It's fairly bit.
0: similar to other finishing PPR standard, yes. uh, or PPR formats. Um, but but anyway, let's go ahead and get through them. Number one, Alvin Kamara. Number two, Derrick Henry. Three, Dalvin Cook. Four, David Montgomery. Five, Aaron Jones. Six, Jonathan Taylor. 7, James Robinson, 8, Josh Jacobs, 9, Ezekiel Elliott, 10, Kareem Hunt, 11, Nick Chubb, 12, Mike Davis, 13, Antonio Gibson, 14, Melvin Gordon, 15, Kenyon Drake, 16, Ronald Jones, 17, Naeem Hines, 18, J.D. McKissick, 19, Chris Carson, 20, DeAndre Swift, 21, Clyde edwards helaire 22, David Johnson, 23, Miles Sanders, 24, J.K. Dobbins, 25, James Conner. 26, Miles Gaskin. 27, Austin Eckler. 28, Chase Edmonds. 29, Todd Gurley. And number 30, Giovanni Bernard. So the first thing that I notice when I'm going through these is how many guys from the same backfield made it into the top 30. Could you imagine if one of those guys wasn't taking reps from the other one, what this top 10 would look like? Absolutely. Or top 30 even would look like. Um Obviously, um, Alvin Kamara finished as the number one. Thanks a lot, in part thanks to his six touchdown game in Week 16, um, because obviously he didn't even have half of the rushing yards that Derrick Henry did. Um, Derrick Henry was an absolute monster this year. Um, what what from this top 30, Walker? What is what is the most surprising name on the top 30 in your mind?
1: The most surprising is James Robinson. Because, I mean, he was undrafted rookie, came out of nowhere and, and hit the league by storm. That's surprising to me. You don't see that very often. Obviously, once you finally got a chance to watch him play week one, two, or three, you realize, oh, this dude is legit. He's got the moves to, to, be, to be a workhorse in the NFL. So I'm going to bypass him. What's most surprising to me, there's two names here, Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. Over there in Denver, I didn't even realize that they were doing so well with the run that he was able to get up there with that. I mean, and then the other one was J.D. McKissick. I guess I just didn't realize how many receptions and how many, how much of, uh, of a factor he was in that Washington football team's offense. Um, he definitely made his point. Um, what really surprised me is – is him and Antonio Gibson both right up there in your top thirty, top twenty? Actually, I think they're both in the top twenty-five. Yeah, they're both in the top twenty-five. Hell, they're both in the top twenty. That's just crazy to see that both of them are up there. But when you when you didn't you didn't see the Washington football team, I mean we didn't, not, not a whole lot of people got exposure to them unless you're out there and you're a Washington football team fan. So, those, those two names really surprised me up there. And then, like I said, Melvin Gordon, and I just I thought they were both having him and Lindsey both were having average years. I didn't see either one of them cracking
0: the top 15. The one, the, so, one that, the one that's the most surprising to me, and it's not necessarily because I, this guy came and caught me by surprise, I was kind of high on him at the beginning of the year. A lot of people were. Um, Antonio Gibson, who you just hit on. Antonio Gibson finishes the number 13 in PPR. He only had over fifty percent of the snaps in five games all year. Five games all year, and he was the number thirteen.
1: He had quite a few touchdowns too. He had eleven touchdowns. He did have a lot of touchdowns, which all rushing,
0: which definitely makes a big difference. Um, you know, obviously the the PPR wise, um, he he only had, he had thirty six catches total. He had four games where he caught more than five passes. Yeah. Um, so he's definitely a true runner. It would seem more so than anything, um, but. For him to be in the top 13 with less than 50% of snap um, as a whole in the season is very impressive to me. Um, obviously, you got to talk about when you look at this top 30 and the names that we may have, we may have uh, not left off but weren't there. We didn't see were Joe Mixon, you know Christian McCaffrey, um, guys that dealt with injuries this year and weren't able to get themselves there. Um, Raheem Mostert was another name that was there for a while at the beginning of the season, then missed a lot of time. Um, so there, there's definitely a lot of names that are guys that you could see shake this up next year. If they just happen to stay healthy, Cam Akers is another name. Um, came
1: on strong at the end of the year. Yeah. I
0: mean, he finished, he finished all the way down at 44th in our, yeah. in our league. But again, he, he didn't, he only had 35% of the snap for the whole season. Right. Um, so when you're having, when you're having 35% of the snap, it makes it hard for you to get into the top 30, even as deep as this running back is. Um, you know, there, there's there's several guys that I I thought would be higher. Um, you know, Le'Veon Bell, obviously that trade definitely hurt him, but he's down at, he's down at number 63. Uh, he's a free agent to watch for next year that could could get him his name back in there. Um, you know, there's just several several guys. Um, you know, Mark Ingram is is now a free uh, free agent. That Absolutely, was in, he was in the top 30 last year for running backs. Um, there, there's just, the list just goes on and on with the guys that that you would thought would have thought would be there. And then weren't for whatever reason. A.J. Dillon, another name to watch next year Absolutely. If, if, those, if those guys go.
1: I mean, uh, with the with – the, with the, I'm sorry to cut you off. But with good. these running backs, you're looking at – got a lot of moving pieces with these running backs this offseason. Big names to look out for. Just in your top 30, you have James mm-hmm. Conner. Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake, and Jones. There's four names that are free agents. I mean, they're going to go out. Um, I would assume Jones might be leaving because he he deserves a payday, and I don't know if Green Bay wants to give it to him. Drake, we'll just have to see what his landing spot is. Uh, Chris Carson, I think he's going to end up staying in Seattle. I think his he fits the bill there for Seattle. Uh, James Conner, he's going somewhere. He's a good running back. Get him behind a line, and you may see James Conner climbing these rankings pretty quickly next year.
0: We didn't really talk about this, but when we saw this name, when we talked about these top twenty-five earlier, we were both like, "Wow, I can't believe he's that high." David Montgomery is another huge surprise, uh, not necessarily surprise because he doesn't have the ability. We all know he's got the ability, but last year his usage wasn't like this. Um, no, he had uh, Tariq Cohen being hurt definitely added some some value to him as well this year. Um, but he he was his snap count this year was seventy-four percent.
1: 247 total carries with 54 catches, so that's I mean, just the usage seems to have gone up. Was that near near 300 total touches for him? Um, so yeah, I mean, David Montgomery being up there, but that's a name that you may see up there for quite a
0: while. 74% of the snap for for David Montgomery was the second highest in the top 30, only behind David Johnson, who had 75% of the snap. So I mean, that just goes to show you. Um, how big an impact somebody like Tariq Cohen, even who you wouldn't look at as a top thirty running back, missing time can help another guy that you would look at. Um, you know, obviously there, there's a lot, a lot of things that can change um, in, in all this. So let's just let's just break I, down.
1: I want to I bring this up. Dude. Number one, running back only topped seventy percent of touch or seventy percent of snaps three times this year. Alvin Kamara only topped seventy percent of the snaps three times this year. So
0: Well, let's just, let's just go through the top ten. Sorry,
1: sorry, four, four times.
0: Let's just go through the top ten right here, and let's talk about how things could change for these guys next year. So, number one, Alvin Kamara. Obviously, the big one is Latavius Murray is a free agent, yes, and Drew Brees is possibly retiring. Absolutely. So, things could change for the better or for the worse for Kamara. We have to monitor that. Obviously, without Drew Brees there, his, his PPR dump-off passes – or catches that he's going to have. And
1: we saw that with Taysom Hill taking over at, at, at through a nice stretch of the it is, season. It so. is worth
0: noting that when Taysom Hill uh, I didn't know this at the time and, and those of you that were listening, um, as a Kamara owner I was pretty disappointed at, at his usage and, and what was, his foot injury was the worst that it has been all year during those three weeks that Taysom Hill was under center. So he wasn't practicing much um, and that could lead to a lot of things. That's why Taysom Hill was running goal line work there instead of Alvin Kamara, Uh, but I still expect Kamara to be a top-five running back. I don't expect him to be a top-three next year. I still think he stays top-five. Derrick Henry, the big news there is their offensive coordinator is now the head coach of my Atlanta Falcons. Arthur Smith is the one who came in, and when Arthur Smith got there is when Derrick Henry took off. Absolutely. Um, Obviously, anybody who takes over that offensive coordinator job there and doesn't continue to do that um, won't be an offensive coordinator for long. But you could see the change of of play and how good um, Ryan Tannehill has been, how the emergence of Corey Davis, the emergence of uh, A.J. Brown could change the complexion of that offense a little bit. Absolutely. Especially to keep up on that high-explosive scoring uh, AFC.
1: Absolutely. Um, One of the names here is uh, Ezekiel Elliott finished at number nine. I expect him to move back up into the top five next year. He uh he had 23, or sorry, 31, 24, 19 in the three weeks he played. Correct me if I'm wrong, that got hurt week three, correct? Week. No.
0: Was it four? Week, they, he was healthy through...
1: He played the, I think he got hurt during the Giants game, correct? So I five. think so, yeah. I week five is, is what I I think. Uh, all the way up to week five, Zeke was really right at 20 points I think in your clean. When That got hurt. So... I mean, up to, until up to week five, he was at 20 points. Then he had his dump off of 12, 12, 7, 10, 11. He had a 24 against Minnesota, 3, 16. I think you shouldn't see Zeke get back up into, top, into, um, into the top five of backs just based on Dak opening up the passing offense there, which should open up the holes again.
0: So I'm going to go out and say that I disagree. I think Zeke is never going to be as good as he was two years ago. Uh, I think, and, and here's my reason why, yes, Dak Prescott being under center will open everything back up for him to an extent, but that offensive line isn't what it was when it was the number two offensive line two years ago. They've had guys retire due to injuries, they've had guys that can't stay healthy, um, and, and really when Dak went down, the focal point of the offense should have became Zeke Elliott. Zeke was fumbling the ball. Didn't look like he was really trying his hardest at times. I I think if Zeke ever was going to have a top three year again, it all lined up for him to be the guy this year. Um, You know, Andy Dalton came in. Ben DiNucci came in. um, Chase Gilbert, something or – well, anyway, they they had three guys come in that had no chemistry with the wide receivers. Zeke should have lived in the PPR game. In those weeks that after Dak left, and he left a lot to be desired. Uh, I think if you t- if you take Dak out for the whole season, I think Z- Zeke may not even be a top twenty running back without his first four weeks. Um, it, I could see this one going one of two ways. He's either gonna he's either gonna bounce back and be a number top three, or he's gonna stay right in the bottom bottom half of the top ten, top fifteen. I'm leaning towards him falling out of the top top five completely for the rest of his career, and and being a top. 15 guy, um, which is still nothing to hang your hat on. It's still, a, it's still a running back one. I just don't know if, if in redraft leagues, he's worthy of a top five pick anymore. What um, it will be interesting to see where his ADP shakes out once we get to that point. But at this point, and at least for my money, I'm passing on him. I'm, I'm, I'm more intrigued by, you know, the James Robinsons, the Austin Ecklers, the Aaron Jones is the, the, Nick Chubbs, the Kareem Hunts, I'm more intrigued by those guys at this point than I am Zeke Elliott.
1: Yeah, yeah which I definitely could see. I mean, I just, I, just, I just think that that whole team this year was, was beat up the uh, line, your quarterback. I just, I think the team will find its, find its ground, and, and, and that team goes through Elliott, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, but again, that's, that's kind of where my argument comes in is the team goes through Elliott. It should have went through Elliott this year. I mean, they were up in the playoff conversation all the way up until, what, week 16 is when they were basically done? Ten, ten, well, technically, can, if they would have seven, won 17 and, and, and the uh, Eagle, or Redskins would have lost, you could have seen – Football team. Football team, excuse me. If the football team would have lost and Dallas would have won, you could have seen Dallas uh, in the postseason. But that's, that's my argument is, is that it, it should have been Zeke this year. Zeke should have been the guy. He should have willed that team into the playoffs. He should have taken the reins and exploded – and he didn't. Now, is that Zeke's fault or is that Mike McCarthy? I, I'm not sure. We'll find out. But the out fumbling next year. issue was is most definitely Zeke's. Yeah. Um, another, another name, uh, moving on from from, from Derrick Henry, that I want to talk about um, obviously, Jonathan Taylor. I, I think Jonathan Taylor is a top five running back next year. It, He's just beginning. Yeah, the sky's the limit for Jonathan Taylor. I know I was nervous about him a little bit coming in this year just because of his usage in college. I wasn't sure how, how he'd hold up. Obviously, we haven't seen him in a 16-game slate yet um, because of the fact that, you know, he, he got kind of got his hands slapped and got sat there for a little bit. And usage went down. Naeem Hines was explosive during that time. Uh, but he came on very, 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 very strong at the end of the season. Um James Robinson is another one that's very intriguing to me. Um, Urban Meyer's there um, now as your head coach. All signs point to them taking Trevor Lawrence. I'd be absolutely shocked if that's not what happens. And Jacksonville having a bona fide quarterback um, that's not named uh, Garner Minshew or um, Mike uh, Glennon. Mike Glennon, yeah, um, should should open lanes for Jonathan Taylor or James Robinson rather. On the ground, the same way you talk about Dak Prescott opening lanes for, for Zeke, um, I expect I expect the offensive line to get addressed in the draft for the Jaguars, uh, and I, I just think James Robinson could easily be a top five running back next year as, as well. As long as if if Jacksonville adds a running back of any kind in this draft, um, you might see me shy off of that a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. Um, as long as they don't get a, a, a high-profile guy, I still expect James Robinson to be the, the, the snap leader there.
1: So with James Robinson, I think I think they are going to add something else. He was an undrafted free agent that was added to the team. And I, I just feel like everybody zones in on that, and I, I feel like they are going to add something. James Robinson carried, what, 97% of the carries there in Jacksonville. Yeah. I don't think he can keep that up. Um, if he does, if he does, by all means, he's a top five back. I just don't think he can. Don't get me wrong; I think he still finishes inside the top ten. Um, and then the, uh, a couple few a few other names that, that that we want to mention on is uh, Claude Edwards-Alaire. He did a lot of his work in just a few games where he got multiple touchdowns in. We saw him fall off quite a bit. Uh, J.K. Dobbins started late. He moved up there in the J, in the top twenty five. Uh, DeAndre Swift, who was inside the top twenty, he came in as a rookie. He got you know he sat behind. I'm not going to say he sat, but he definitely started behind uh, Adrian Peterson there, and um, um, so Carry
0: On, carry on, Johnson. carry on Johnson.
1: That's the other name. Yes, and so, but I think I think you're going to see Swift and you're going to see Dobbins and. I don't think I think C E H is, is is a name that was a huge disappointment. A lot of people had him graded as a first round, second round A D P draft pick in, in your startup leagues or in your redraft leagues. A lot of people fell in love with this kid. Um, he wasn't even the number one running back coming out of college. He was just uh, people fell in love with him because of what was said about him. Hey, Patrick Mahomes wanted this guy. Hey, so Patrick Mahomes picked this dude. He's gonna obviously you have to have a huge role. In that, in, that Chiefs, in that Chiefs offense, if you're not Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, or Travis Kelsey, it just doesn't seem like there's a huge fantasy impact role carved out for you. Yes, he did finish inside the top 25, but also uh, Williams will be returning. He was an opt-out this year. Williams obviously keeps that one year on his deal, and he comes back and definitely can take over some carries.
0: This is uh, So Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a perfect example of, of falling into the right spot but the wrong spot for people to fall in love with somebody in a rookie redraft. So if you're in a dynasty or a redraft or whatever the case may be and you're looking at a rookie running back adding them, a lot of people make the mistake of drafting, like, example, this year, Clyde edwards helaire was drafted in front of Jonathan Taylor. He was drafted in front of J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, all of those guys. In and, and most rookie drafts, he was projected as the 1.1. He was the number one <laughs> overall pick as, in, in single QB leagues. And And – the mistake people make is they fall in love with the guy that's going to have instant work. Clyde Edwards-Elaire, out of all of them, was the one that was going to come in and have the, the widest open lane to become the starter. Now, you got to remember Marlon Mack's injury hadn't happened yet right. um, for Jonathan Taylor, which would have changed that a little bit, too. Um, but people fall in love with the spot. So, Clyde Edwards-Elaire, it could have been anybody going there, and they fell in love with the fact that he's going to have an instant stop. Uh, opportunity to start, right? The problem is, he played in more games than a lot of these other rookies did, and didn't finish above them. At this point, if we're re, if we're redrafting the he rookie had running more backs, snaps.
1: I won't I won't say he played in more games. He definitely had more snaps than most of these other rookies if, did.
0: If if you but if you if you break it down and you redraft the running backs from last year, I'm taking Cam Akers in front of Clyde edwards Euler. Absolutely, I'm, I'm taking Jonathan Taylor in front of him. I'm taking J.K. Dobbins. I'm probably on the fence of taking DeAndre Swift in front of him moving forward. Well, if
1: you remember draft day, I said when J.K. Dobbins got drafted to Baltimore that I absolutely loved that fit. I love that future there because that's a run-first offense. J.K. Dobbins is – he was, in my mind, should have been the first running back in a rookie draft off the board – I, second, I'm sorry. I think Jonathan Taylor is is it was head and shoulders above this class. And I was wrong on that, because Cam Akers is right there. I did love Cam Akers going in, but that was a crowded backfield that McFay came out and said that hey, it's gonna be a committee. It took some injuries for Cam Akers. Cam Akers is no longer <laughs> well, in a committee. That's still, Cam Akers.
0: It was a lot of committee up until playoffs still. Yeah, that's Daryl Henderson had a lot of opportunity there as well. Yes.
1: That's, that's that's Cam Akers backfield going forward. If I were to redraft this, I'm taking Cam Akers number one.
0: Over Jonathan Taylor. Over
1: Jonathan Taylor. I'm taking Cam Akers number one. Goff yeah. just isn't known for throwing that ball. And, I mean, yes, he's got the receivers too. I just think that's one, another one that they rely so much on their defense, so they want to run that ball to give their defense that rest. I love Cam Akers. I think Cam Akers moving forward is a top – I'm going to say 15. I don't want to give him that top ten nudge. I want to see where he's at. Obviously, what, that was one name we didn't even mention in the top 30. I don't even think he was in the top 35. I could be was, wrong. Akers,
0: 43 yeah. or 44. So
1: he wasn't even in the top 40. I think Cam Akers is going to move into the top 15. I'm going to give him the top 15 nod because I obviously don't want to get that all hyped. I, I, I would go Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, C.E.H., and then Swift. And the reason I say C.E.H. is because, once again, that's such an explosive offense. We don't really know what Detroit's about to bring. We don't know if Stafford's still going to be in Detroit or and they're getting a new coaching staff. So we don't really know what Detroit's about to bring. J.K. Dobbins, you know, is, is with the release of Mark Ingram, you know J.K. Dobbins is about to take over a good, good majority of that role. You still got Gus Edwards, Gus the bus there barking up his field. And J.K.
0: Dobbins will be the second second best running back on that team.
1: Uh, well, b- behind the, behind the fake behind that fake quarterback, yes, correct. Slash running back. Yeah, I, I see. I'm I'm
0: I'm the same way for the same reasons you listed for Cam Akers. Is why I love Jonathan Taylor. Colts have a top defense. What do you do to keep that defense off the field? You run the ball. In Indianapolis' defense can score off of turnovers. They create turnovers, but they have to be rested to do so. So you let Jonathan Taylor run the ball. Now, granted, with Pet, with Phillip Rivers this year, you had a quarterback that could throw. Um, we'll see who's under center there next year, but I would imagine if it's not Phillip Rivers re-signed or not a, a quarterback that's already established, if it's Jacob Eason or a quarterback through the draft, you're going to see Jonathan Taylor's value go up even more. What's the only thing? The only thing
1: that puts Cam Akers above me is this one name right here at number fifteen, Naeem Hines. He's the pass catching back there. He seems to come in on most third downs and two minute warnings. So two minute, two minute drills. So that name right there was Naeem Hines. That's what scares me about putting Jonathan Taylor just over, just just under Cam Akers is I just I just feel like Naeem Hines is going to take over, uh, still have that role there because I mean he's still young, he's still doing what he's got to do. So I, I, Naeem Hines is the only thing that literally it's another name that puts another guy below one.
0: I, I mean, to, to argue with you a little bit here, the number two who a lot of people would still say should have been the number one above Alvin Kamara in, in formats, Derrick Henry had 19 receptions this year. You don't have to have receptions to be a top ten back yeah. or a top five back. But I how mean, many
1: Derrick Henrys are in this I'm NFL? Not, yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I'm definitely not saying that Jonathan Taylor is Derrick Henry. Died. Please don't twist that. But what I am saying is that Jonathan Taylor could definitely be jonathan taylor and be up there without catching passes there's plenty of running backs that can do it
1: uh, the uh, 378 carries is is, is astronomical is. for a running back to take and that's just if i'm not mistaken this is year three and a third the third year in a row he's had over 350 carries if i'm not mistaken i could be a uh, few off
0: uh this is the first year he in his career where he's had over 350 carries um he 2016 his rookie year he had 110 carries 2017 176 2018 215. Uh, last year he had 303 uh, attempts and then this year he had 378. So Can
1: I, I his, guess I am kind of bit off
0: his 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 usage is is not the last two years it's alarming for Derrick Henry but not so much in his whole career that you couldn't say that could happen once or twice more. Um, you got to remember for the last couple of years it's been Zeke who was the touch leader in in the running back mm, world. Definitely. Um, Followed by C uh, CMC Christian McCaffrey, um, who obviously I think will get back in there. So um, so outside. So let, let's talk about who we think is going to move into this top. Okay,
1: we're going to say top fifteen. We want to talk about a running back that's going to move into the top fifteen that might not be in the top thirty this year. I'm but going
0: first because
1: here's the twist: we're taking out CMC and, and uh, Saquon Barkley.
0: Perfect. Well, I'm going first because I, I have a feeling you're going to steal this guy from me. Um, since this, I already
1: knew where you were going, I'm not. This
0: guy is a guy that I was uh, insanely hyped for this year. Um, still am moving forward, even more so with the emergence of his quarterback. But Austin Eckler is the guy for me that I'm just in, entranced with. Um, you know, he de- he de- obviously he missed um, eight games this year. Um, and at the injury, he... He sustained what would have been something that could have slowed him down when he came back, but he didn't miss a step. It wouldn't appear. Um, Justin Herbert loves this kid in the dump-off game as as Philip Rivers did prior, um, but he doesn't have Melvin Gordon to share the backfield with anymore. Um, I'm just uh, totally enamored with Austin Eckler. Um, you know, Austin Eckler had several games this year where he hit. You know. Um, He had week one, he had 84 yards rushing. Week two, he had 93. Uh, Week three, he had 59. Then week four, he got hurt and had 12. Then he came back and had 44, 36, 79, 60, 45, 18. So he's definitely proven that he's a a two-dimensional back. Um, Now, granted, he only had one touchdown on the ground this year, but he also missed all that time. He only had three touchdowns total. So Austin Eckler is the guy for me. Now, granted, that could change if the if the head coach that was hired or gets hired there um, ends up being a guy that's not uh, gonna leave Austin Eckler as the ground guy or, or puts more faith and more stock into Joshua Kelly or um, you know whatever. But I, I firmly believe that Austin Eckler is a top ten running back when healthy, not just a top twenty or fifteen. Um, but that he is definitely my guy for next year. So
1: I've already hit on I've already hit on one of my guys that I think is going to move up with Cam Akers. I think Cam Akers will move up to the top fifteen. So I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say AJ Dillon for the Green Bay Packers. I see Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Neither. Both of them are not going to stay in Green Bay. I, I would assume it's going to be Jones out the door. Jamal Williams is loved by his team, loved by the facility and everything else there. I think that Dylan is about to take over the Aaron Jones role there in Green Bay, so I think AJ Dylan is a name that if Aaron Jones leaves, he's only 22 years old. If Aaron Jones leaves, this is if Aaron Jones leaves AJ Dylan is this going to be a if, if,
0: if, is this if Aaron Jones leaves if
1: Aaron Jones leaves okay. AJ is going to move up into that top 15. he's been I mean he's been amazing the last few weeks with his I mean week 16 he had 21 carries 124 yards two touchdowns he went one for one uh, one, one reception for five yards um, and then so I mean he's, he's been absolutely uh, amazing that one game he got the full start um, in the playoffs he's looked pretty good uh, last week against uh, the Rams he looked pretty good I think AJ Dillon is a name that could move up into the top 15.
0: Okay, who's the name that you think falls out of it?
1: Name that falls out, Chris Carson. Chris Carson. He's not in the top fifteen. Chris Carson is going to fall out of the top twenty. Let's go up to the top fifteen. Mike Davis, obviously, CMC will be back, so I'm, I'm not going to hit on that. If you want my honest opinion, James Robinson is the name that's going to I think fall out of the top fifteen. I think they're going to add another back there. Uh, you're going to get Trevor Lawrence. I think Urban Myers is really going to open up that playbook and let him air that ball out. So I just don't. So I just don't know if James Robinson's going to have that big of a role where, you know, even when they were down, they were still running clock.
0: You know, I, I, I'm i looking at the top 15, and it, it really as a whole, it's a pretty sound list. Um, obviously, you could pick on Kenyon Drake and say he won't be there, but that's easy, uh, an easy one in my mind. Uh, Melvin Gordon's another one that you could pick on. Um, but obviously, um, with CMC and Barkley, uh, and Eckler healthy for a full season; those those guys fall out anyway naturally. Um, so, to go out on a limb here and further further hit on what I said earlier, excuse I think I think Zeke's the guy that you could see fall out of the top fifteen. Um, and the reason why is I think Tony Pollard was good enough this year that Tony Pollard may have a role um, moving forward next year and may steal carries and work from Zeke. And on the outside, you got C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. And Amari Cooper, and if Dak comes back, Zeke's touches may decline to where he's not able to get the volume to get himself there to begin with, let alone Tony Pollard coming in and snaking and, uh, snaps and, and carries from him. Uh, but I, I do I think um, I think Mike McCarthy obviously I, we we talked about it uh, several times in this, during this season that he should have been fighting for his job and they never got any better. So I definitely think Mike McCarthy starts the season out next year on the hot seat. And if Dak comes back and they're not winning games, I think he could be an end-season fire. Um, and if that happens, um, watch watch out for Zeke because you're not going to see a lot of coaches come in and allow Zeke to be the reason they're fired. So if Tony Pollard's running with more heart, running harder, um, trying to get the extra yards after getting hit, um, ha- hanging on to the ball, which is a big thing for, for – um, running backs. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see Zeke's role take a step back. I know I'm going to be a vast minority and feeling that way, um, but again, I, I, I just think there's too many, too many things that could go wrong for Zeke that could move him out. Again, like I said, if everything goes right, perfect picture. Zeke's a top five running back. Here's one more
1: name. I know we said it. We never really broke in. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's got a rookie quarterback, and I'm still going to classify Joe Burrow as a rookie, even though he will be his second year in the, in the league. They may be leaning on Joe Mixon a lot, so will Burrow, especially to make sure he gets his rhythm back after that devastating injury. Joe Mixon's a name to watch climbing up the rankings yeah, real a, quick.
0: Definitely another um, name that if he stays healthy, is going to be up there. Miles
1: Sanders, there's a new coaching staff there. Definitely look into that coaching staff. Uh, you know me. I've had love for Miles Sanders for two years now. Um he only played in 12 games, so that does make a huge difference, I think. I mean, really, he was 20 points behind number 17 from 24. So Miles Sanders is another name that could be moving up in there. But the main one I wanted to hit on was definitely Joe Mixon. Keep an eye on that. Mixon signed that new extension, and he, they, they won in there in Cincy, and that line's getting built up, especially if you see them address that line through free agency, through the draft. Joe Mixon could become out, and you may see Joe Mixon get back to his old ways in the top 10, top 5 type guy. Joe Mixon's a guy, he's definitely got plenty of reception. All
0: right, real quick here, would, a little bit of would you rather. Would you rather next year have on your team David Montgomery or Cam Akers? I'm
1: taking Cam Akers. Uh, I'm taking Cam Akers. I just think, I, I think he's more explosive. He did this in college behind a terrible line at Florida State. I I like Cam Akers, and I like the way he runs, and I absolutely, absolutely hate saying this as a rival to Seattle. He plays against softer run defenses than David Montgomery
0: does too. Would you rather have Cam Akers or Zeke Elliott? Redraft, I'm going to take Elliott, because I think Elliott
1: still has one more power league year in him. Dynasty, I'm definitely going to take Cam Akers, age. Um, I think those two are – I think those two may have a similar season next year where – where that they, they may get the main, mass majority of the work, but still end up losing that third down two minute drill. So, I, but I, I definitely yeah, redraft. Like I said, I would probably take Elliott.
0: Okay, fair enough. All right. So hang on, I hang s- on.
1: One thing: Would you rather? It's the same team. Cream Hunt, Nick Chubb. Who's going to make the biggest difference? I'd rather have Nick
0: Chubb. Okay. I'd rather have Nick Chubb, and it's n- not even close. <laughs> two years ago, Nick Chubb was the runner-up for. Russian title that Derrick Henry got, what, 250 yards the last week of the season Absolutely. two yeah. years ago to take that from, I'd rather have Nick Chubb. Um, one last thing here on the running backs before we wrap this episode up, give me a running back that's that's coming out in the draft this year and the proper place for them to go that you think uh, could be a stud that could make the top 15. You go first, my friend. Me go, go first. first. Um, I don't
1: want to have the same guy, and I think we have the same guy, so you go first. I.
0: The obvious answer that most people are going to say is Najee Harris, um, Travis Etienne. Um, I, I think Chuba Hubbard's going to be the guy that could go into the right fit. He's going to be drafted late. A lot of people are sleeping on Chuba. Uh, Chuba, a lot of people forget that Chuba, prior to this season, was the number one running back in college. A lot of people thought Chuba would be the number one running back taken in this draft prior to him having um, the injury this year and then... Um, Uh, leaving early to declare for the draft and not playing anymore Uh, so a lot of people are forgetting him, he's sliding down in rankings now, but Chuba Hubbard goes to the right spot Chuba Hubbard catches the ball well Mm -hmm. Chuba Hubbard runs an open space Mm -hmm. well you get to a spot that's got an established quarterback, decent weapons on the outside and a good offensive line you could see Chuba Hubbard be a top 15 running back next year.
1: Absolutely, Najee was the guy I was going to go with, but I'm going to go out on a limb here one guy that you and me have not talked about we've talked a lot of rookies Zamir White there from Georgia. Watched a little bit of tape on him. He's got good vision. He's one he's a he's a very powerful runner. He was a number one recruit coming into college. And he does have a little hit injury uh a Georgia running back with injury history, knees. <laughs> what a surprise! <laughs> listen, I would have never guessed. So, but Zamir White is a guy that could come out and could make an immediate impact. He could be a late round draft pick, third, fourth round. But you see him going to go into a spot like Atlanta. Atlanta just got uh, the offensive coordinator from Tennessee.
0: We don't want another Georgia running back.
1: <laughs> but my my example is what what's what's ground and pound is what what he's bringing to Atlanta. I would assume. So, but I mean, you could see this guy if he gets into the right fit. You could see this guy creep up, and he could be your. Um, Late round flyer, Um, Najee I think goes in the first round. I think he goes in the second round. And I think you see Najee Harris wind up in Atlanta Falcon. And if that's the case, I'm telling you right now, don't fall in love with the spot. Fall in love with the guy. Watch him. He's worth every bit of that draft pick. Najee Harris goes to Atlanta or any or Miami, where he's almost guaranteed number one. For you guys that aren't looking at him, make sure you look at him. He's he's going to make an impact. He's got the hands. He's got the skills. He's He's overall probably one of the best players coming out of college.
0: So. so next week we're going to do things a little bit differently. Obviously we will know who our Super Bowl teams are, um, but we're not going to do any game breakdown for our Super Bowl until Super Bowl episode. Our Super Bowl episode is going to be nothing but Super Bowl, um, so we'll break down the matchup at that point.
1: We're out, we're, we might go into positional rankings, talk about corners, on receivers, everything else for the Super Bowl. Definitely we're going to break that down. We're going to break down some prop bets too to have fun. Have fun. May hear a few more hot shot
0: bets. Absolutely. Maybe some food for thought. Um, But next week, what we're going to do is we'll obviously discuss um, the conference championship games uh, and and things of that nature. And then we'll break down the receiving class next week, or the receivers, the rankings. Obviously, that's going to take a lot more time because there's just so many moving pieces there. Um, And uh, we, we definitely look forward to being back with you guys next week. So, as always, stay hungry. Stay fat, my friends.